All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Friday, Friday again here. Happy Friday to everybody out there. Uh, June 17th, 2022. Thanks for tuning into the stream here today. My name is Jordan. I'm the head coach here at SaberSim. Uh, and Office Hours is an open Q&A style show where I answer questions from the SaberSim community about how to use SaberSim, uh, about DFS, uh, whatever really you guys want to talk about. If you have questions you would like me to answer on this show, you can ask them via email, support at sabersim.com. You can post your questions in live if you are joining me here live. And you can ask your questions in the Office Hours channel in Slack. Uh, if you have not already joined our Slack community, there is a description in the, or there is a, there is a description. There's a link in that description of all of our past shows. Uh, so you can get joined up there. Uh, before we get too far into things, I have to give a bit of a warning here today. Uh, having some intermittent internet issues here uh, at the crib today. Uh, so we're going to forge ahead. We're going to do uh, the best we can to, to get through office hours as normally scheduled. Uh, but fair warning, we did have uh, a bit of a uh, pretty solid internet outage about an hour ago here that, that now seems to have resolved. But it's it's been a little shaky here today. So we're going to do the best we can with this. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, and, and we'll go from there. Um, so hopefully we get through this safely here. We do have, we have one question in our queue for today about correlation and research builds, particularly after the most recent update to correlation, uh, which I actually think is a really interesting question. So we'll touch on that. We'll probably, we'll start with that here, but that's the only question I have in my queue. Uh, so if you have questions for me here today, go ahead and post them into chat. Now we'll get to questions in about the order that they come in. Uh, if we don't get any other questions, I think uh, today will also maybe be a, a fun day for us to do a little bit of kind of uh, a slate walkthrough. Um, we got a 12 game baseball slate here tonight on Friday night. Uh, I haven't really looked at it very much. A couple weeks ago, I did one of these where I just stream of consciousness kind of processed a slate for the first time. Uh, so if we have some time today and the internet holds up, we'll do that here. Uh, and otherwise, we'll just get to questions as they come in. So uh, cool. Let's get into it. It is officially the heat of baseball season here. NBA wrapped up last night uh, with the Warriors winning the NBA finals. Uh, I'll tell you what, it was uh, it was an okay finals, right? Uh, I was a little, I, I couldn't help but feel like slightly disappointed, not in the results, but it just felt like, uh, I, I think game one was probably my favorite game of the finals. But other than that, it seemed, I don't know, kind of uh, just like, okay. I've, I've been watching this, uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs too, and the, the hockey playoffs has just been, more entertaining to me uh, this entire time than than the NBA Finals and the basketball playoffs. And that is coming from somebody that uh, is a much bigger basketball fan than hockey fan. So let me know what you guys thought about the finals. Um, if you uh, if you were rooting for the, the Warriors to win it, if you were rooting for the Celtics. Um, and we'll go ahead and, and get into this here today. So uh, let's get the app pulled up here uh, and start with this first question here. So this was from uh, Dallas. Um, and this is a good question here. Uh, it's got me actually really thinking about it. I've been thinking about this all, all morning here. So uh, question said, hey, Jordan, for MLB or NFL, I believe you used to leave cor the correlation slider in place for running a test build. Um, my research build specifically, I think is what we're talking to about here, but then went to 0010. Would you consider going back to leaving correlation slider in place uh, with the new correlations update being truly tailored towards players on the same team and emphasizing the larger stacks? Uh, for example, tonight's slate 
Zero zero ten with no stack settings. Fifty eight of fifteen hundred lineups had four or five man stacks. Eight zero ten had eleven sixty of fifteen hundred with four or five man stacks. Has minimal impact on the overall player exposure and put out lineups that are much more likely to be played uh, than the zero zero ten. Any feedback appreciated? This is really interesting. This is a really interesting question because um, I actually think you kind of stumbled upon something interesting here as well. So first of all, so let's let's I'm going to take a couple steps back. Uh, first here uh, and explain what we're talking about with the research build and some of the backstory of this particular question, because there is some here, right? So if you are unfamiliar, uh, I always want to explain what we're talking about when we talk about these 0010 builds. Um, so I, I do these a lot. I talk about these pretty frequently in a lot of my content. We call them research builds, uh, and they will be a build that looks something like this. Uh, and what we are doing is we are turning, or we are typically turning correlation and ownership off we're turning sim precision all the way up to 10 so that every lineup is basically built from one simulation of every game on the slate. And we're doing that 1,500 times. And the impact of that, what we get out of that, is we are going to essentially simulate the slate 1,500 times uh, and get 1,500 optimals out of this. Now, I have talked about in the past how if you want... The, the, one of the I guess one of the limitations of this is when you are just building optimals, when you are building single slate simulation optimals, uh, those lineups don't actually really resemble the kinds of lineups that you want to actually play, right? So you can run a build like this and study the player exposures and maybe learn something interesting about player exposures. Uh, but if you are trying to study stacks, just like Dallas mentioned here, because correlation is off and the optimal lineup for a slate is actually rarely going to be a nice, conveniently stacked lineup, you won't get very many stacks. Uh, and in the past... Right. And in the past, and this is where it starts to get really interesting. I mentioned, you know, if you want to actually study stacks, the best way to do that is to set a stacking rule. And the reason why I prefer to do that is because, you know, we don't want average correlations coming in and interfering with the player exposures. Right. We don't want to artificially bump up uh, the rate at which, you know, maybe uh, we say that certain Padres bats are optimal just because of those average correlations. But since the update we applied last week, I think it was last week, uh, that changed the way we think about correlations to focus on upside correlations, I actually think the correlation slider becomes a little bit more usable for a research build. Uh, what the correlation slider does now is instead of using the average correlation of a player, right, we look at the top end range of outcomes of a player and look at, for example, when Aaron Judge had, hits his ceiling outcome, how much more likely should that make you want to play other Yankees bats? Not how is he average correlated to the rest of the players in the field. And I actually think, uh, what's funny about this, I actually think, Dallas, what you've kind of stumbled upon here, this note about this had minimal impact on the overall player exposures but put out lineups that are much more likely to be correlated, essentially. I actually think you stumbled on one of the better... We, we've actually been struggling with here at Saberson over the past couple of weeks. Uh, the best way to kind of demonstrate the difference of what this upside correlation does uh, in kind of a reliable way. And I actually think this is one of the best examples of it, right? And this is really what you should hope for when you are building lineups that are correlated, is that you are playing lineups uh, that are still... that are that are you're still playing lineups that are constructed from the right players, but you are just correlating them to other players in the lineup. You are not, I guess uh, you are not artificially boosting up players that do not have upside purely because they are correlated. You are taking lineups that 
you are taking sets of players that have the individual player upside to get there, but then building the most correlated lineups around them. And it's a subtle difference, but I think it's a really interesting one. Um, so with the caveat here that I actually haven't with, I guess there's two caveats here. First of all, actually, no, I'll just say one. I think I haven't really experimented with this that much. I think theoretically, I think based, I think the upside correlation should allow for a much better result if you use correlations in your research build from now on. And if you are specifically trying to research stacks and you really want to dive into stacks in particular, uh, I think I think adding the correlation slider in makes some sense. Um, I even think it might be interesting to experiment with some research builds on 10.0.10 because as the correlation slider gets higher, right, uh, we are going to look at the higher and higher upside outcomes for calculating those individual player exposures. Uh, so I think it's interesting. I haven't done a lot of experimenting with it. I would I would recommend you give it a try. Uh, I, I think it's definitely an interesting approach if you want to use a research build to research stacks. Um, I think at the end of the day, ultimately, when I'm doing my research build, I'm still mostly when I'm when I'm doing my full process where I pull these things down uh, into into Excel and do a little bit of my own calculations there, um, I'm still mostly interested in individual player exposure. So I don't know if I'm going to do it for mine, but I do think it's a much more interesting idea with the new approach to correlation than it was before. And I think for the purposes of today's show, uh, if we do a research build here, I think I'm going to try it on on ten zero ten sliders just because I want to see what it does, and it'll be a fun little experiment. Um, so let's actually run one of those now. So we can have this going. Um, and because uh, then we can come back to this um, if we need to. And I think we probably will want to here at some point. But definitely an interesting question. So um, and I, I think it is a, a really good example of the difference between upside correlation and average correlation that you can you can essentially do this now. So good question. Um, cool. So uh, I'm going to let this build for a second here. Um, again, that was, the, that was the only question that was in the queue here for today. So if you guys have other questions for me, go ahead and fire away at me. Uh, in the meantime, we'll let this build finish so that we have a research build in our back pocket here. And then what I'll do is we'll go ahead, we'll go back to the home screen. And I, again, I haven't looked at the slate very much, uh, pretty much at all, apart from five minutes before the stream started here. So what we'll do, we'll do similar to what we did uh couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, and just kind of take a look at this slate together. I'll talk about things that I'm seeing, uh, do a little bit about what my process might look like uh, if I was just like literally sitting down with this slate uh, an hour before lock or something like that and ready to build lineups. And we'll go from there. So, but I do want a research build uh, to work with here. So we're going to, and I think it would be fun to see what a 10 10 does. So we're going to use this for that and see. So, but... How uh, how are the U.S. Open lineups going? Let me know in chat too if you guys played golf DFS this week. I have I'm I, I'm still doing okay. I have so much Rory and Scheffler, which is feeling really good. But it seems like every lineup I look at, I have like the wrong. I have the perfectly wrong dart throw guy, six k one six k one off guy uh, in there. And I feel like I'm gonna have a ton of really high scoring five out of six lineups this week, uh, which I'm a little disappointed about here. Um, okay, so one thing to worry about here, um, you know, one thing to just be aware of and a potential limitation here on these zero on these 10 0 10 builds that I'm thinking about now, and it doesn't even need to be 10 0 10. I know I did 10 0 10, but even just a correlation build period, uh, is we're going to artificially inflate the pitchers a little bit here, just a tad. 
right? Like obviously the Padres are the the best projected hitters on the slate here. Uh, we're getting a lot of Mackenzie Gore because of that correlation there. Um, so I'm going to actually just run one. I, I would say that's something to be aware of. Be careful of that. Um, be careful of studying pitching exposures with correlation on in a research build. So I'm going to run another one here uh, and do um, a, a 0010. And Jen just asked, uh, Jordan, when you run your research build, do you use a stacking rule at all with the 0010 setting? Uh, based on what we just did with that 10010, I actually, I don't know if I'm bought into that as much as I, uh, I don't know if I'm bought into using the correlation slider like I thought I would be. And I would say if you're in, if your goal is to study stacks, if your goal is to, is to do a research of stacks on your research build, then I would set a stacking rule. I typically use this, the research builds more to study individual player exposures and percent chances to be optimal. But if you want to see a list of like, what are the most likely to be optimal five stacks, then I would highly recommend setting a five stack rule. Um, and I guess kind of coming full circle too, as well to Dallas's question here. Uh, I, I still think there's a little bit of an issue with those correlations causing problems like we just saw, right? Like Mackenzie Gore's percent chance to be optimal is not 15%. He's getting artificially lifted up. And that would be true even at a correlation of seven or six or five or eight, um, so I would I would still proceed with caution with correlation on for research builds. So like now we can see, right? A second ago, we were seeing 15% McKenzie Gore, but it seems like his true optimal rate is about 5%. That's, that is pretty risky there. So um, I would say, I think from my perspective, if you want to study stacks with a research build, the best way to do it is still this. Set a five stack, so require the builder to make five stacks but then turn correlation off for the purposes of the research build. So, uh, okay. I saw a couple other questions here. Um, let's hit this one real quick. Uh, so eight games said, what is the correct way to populate new lineups into your various contests? For example, five different GPPs. Uh, I want one as rank two as random unique and two as unique rank. Uh, I'm essentially trying to spread the exposure. If I had 150 lineups, a 150 max and 475 max, how does it spread? Um, okay, here. What I will do is let me download my entries file here. Um, and I don't know exactly what you are attempting to accomplish here, but I can kind of show you how you would do this. Um, so, okay. So we've got an entries file in here. Basically from the fill entries pop-up, you should be able to get this dialed in exactly as you want here. So let's see. Come on. I think some of this is uh, some of my, my, my internet issues I was talking about before earlier today. So we will, we have uh, fingers crossed that, that everything holds up well to do this. I actually think the problem here, actually, I don't think it, I think the problem is if you ever try to uh, load lineups from a 15, from a 1500 set, you can run into issues here. So I think that's the problem. So let me actually real quickly here. The builder doesn't really like trying to fill a 1500 lineup set or anything higher than 500 lineups. So let me actually do a real, a real test build here. And then we'll fill entries from that. Uh, so we can, we can walk through this here. So 
bit of a false start here, but that's okay. We'll have well, the nice thing about this is we'll have some builds to work with here. So uh, when it when it we, when it comes time to take a look at the slate here, we've already got our builds ready. So. Okay, um, and then eight game also said I'm trying to have use 154 max, uh, then additional contest for a second entry of each lineup for a smaller GPP. Okay, I think I get it. I think I mean I think this is pretty much what I do too. Actually, um, pretty similar, but we'll talk about this here. Okay. Come on, lineups. I uh, I may need to like re saber sim here. Um, it does not seem to be happy. I think I messed it up here trying to. Uh... Ugh, this is annoying. I apologize for the uh, the false start here. Let's go ahead and get this going here. I'm going to try to log in on a different account here and see if we can kind of start over. Okay. All right. get this pulled back up and try again here kevin said pitchers almost feel like captain mode uh it's very hard to win if you get them wrong yeah i mean pitchers are are going to have given that they have the highest projection right um like they are they're because they score, I mean, they score more points a little bit more easily. They're they're probably the most reliable pitchers, the most reliable positions in your lineup to score just a high number of absolute points, right? They're probably the most likely players in your lineup to be uh, the highest scoring individual players in your lineup. So yeah, I think you know, getting pitchers wrong, you can definitely um, you can definitely make some mistakes. And I actually think that's that's one of the things that I'm most trying to improve with my the process I use at the moment. Um, is that I think my, my research builds and just what I've been doing has been leading me to being a little, maybe a little bit over aggressive with pitchers. Um, and I think sacrificing just a lot of raw production from well-projected pitchers in the name of diversifying. And I just don't know if pitching is the best place to do that. So I'm kind of interested in, in making some, I don't know, some changes there, but that's definitely, you definitely need to get that right. Um, all right. Cool. At long last here, I think we can finally actually answer this question here. So let's go back. I'm going to have to re-upload my entries file because I'm on a different account here now. Okay, here we go. So uh, first of all, you can select which contests you want to fill at any time here using these checkboxes, right? So like if you have a certain lineup set that you intend to play in one contest and another lineup set that you intend to play in another, right? You can you know, use these different checkboxes and say, you know, for example, that this should, these lineups should only go into these 20 maxes or something like that. Um, maybe these are unique rank, right? Maybe you want your top 40 into the solo shot and the quarter jukebox in order of unique rank, right? We can fill those and then come back here. And then maybe we say, you know, uh, that the mini max uh, is um, filled unique random here, for example, 
Um, and then we can go ahead and maybe say from there that, you know, I don't know, uh, perhaps the remaining ones are rank fill, right? And you can have different lineup sets that you're doing here as well or whatever um, that you want. So like here, right? I mean, again, this could be different lineup sets entirely, whatever you want to do here. Um, and then download and go to DraftKings and you should be good to go here. Um, so again, I, I don't know exactly what you were trying to do with your entries. I, like, I don't know what your entries file looks like and I don't know exactly what you're trying to do with all of your lineups, but you should be able to essentially fill these in exactly any different way that you want here on this fill modal. Um, so eight game says it seems to load them all to one default choice. Is it instant from that screen? I'm a little bit confused with what you mean here with what, what this question means. Um, yeah, again, I mean, it, it will like, it will, if you have every contest checked, it will assume that you intend to fill everything that's checked. Um, and, uh, I guess I, I don't know exactly what you mean by instant, but you should be able to, again, using the checkboxes and the drag and drops and, you know, using combining different lineup sets and different fill methods, you should be able to get essentially exactly everything that you want to get done here. So if there's any other questions, I know, I feel like I'm still missing the point here. I'm a little bit still confused on what this question is actually asking. Um, so maybe a little bit more context, but I'd be happy to kind of pull this back up and talk about it a little bit more. Um, so anyway. Um, toasted taters has said he didn't wake up to catch the answer scratch. I didn't either. I got lucky. I only had a, I, I think I had a couple lineups on both sites with him. Um, so cool. All right. All right. We're caught up on questions here again. Um, fire away in chat. If you guys have more questions for me, I think it would be fun here to come back and, uh, you know, start now, uh, with kind of a review of the, the slate. Um, just since we have the time here today, I, again, I haven't really looked at the slate that much, um, apart from what I've just done here. So, uh, we'll kind of just, I'm going to just kind of do, I guess, what amounts to a stream of consciousness, uh, review, um, and then maybe build some lineups and kind of talk about how I might start strategizing for a slate like this. But, uh, again, I mean, one of the first things that I like to look at here, um, is just kind of the, the context of the slate overall. Um, one thing that jumps out to me immediately, uh, we have one, two, three, four, uh, five, six, seven, seven teams on a 12 game slate, uh, projected over, uh, five runs. According to Saberson, we have just the Padres with a massive total six, six, seven. I think that's the highest I've seen, uh, every single, I think it's the highest I've seen this season so far. Um, but it is interesting, you know, seven teams projected for over five runs. We also got the Dodgers at like four, eight Astros at four, six, uh, Red Sox at four, nine Blue Jays at four, seven, these good teams, um, that obviously have a lot of upside as well to me, you know, this just screams that there's, this is a good, the slate has a good hitting environment for a lot of different teams. Um, I am almost certainly, uh, going to be well under on the Padres and basically just bet that, uh, you can play one of these other teams and hope that it's not the Padres that are just the stone nuts. Uh, and one of these other teams gets there um, at way lower ownership, just because it looks like a, a great hitting slate. Um, it looks very easy to get off of course. So um, on the pitching side, let's take a look at pitching. And one of my favorite ways to do this is kind of looking at salary bands. So a lot of times I'll sort by salary here, uh, hide all 
removed players and just kind of look and see uh, what things are looking like on the pitching side. Let's make this a little bit bigger. Um, one thing that jumps out immediately here is kind of uh, along with the fact that this is a strong hitting slate, it looks to be kind of a weaker pitching slate. Um, that makes sense. I think that Rodon, uh, good pitcher, not the most expensive pitcher in the pool here and a great matchup, I think is probably likely to be pretty popular. We haven't projected pretty high. I think this could potentially be a little bit higher, uh, personally, uh, just because of the the perception of, of Carlos Rodon in this slate context as a whole. Um, let's see, going down the list of value plays here, I think uh, Scooball and Montas too, also likely to be pretty popular options. Again, the perception of them going against uh, pretty weak teams and guys with, with some strikeout upside there. Um, I... We'll be interested to see how things shake out with Ray and, and Valdez. Um, I think the perception of these teams, the Angels and White Sox, is a little bit better than the Rangers and Royals. So I could see uh, potentially this this ownership shaking out a little bit differently here. Uh, any elite value plays that are likely to be popular? John Gray jumps out as a guy that uh, projected at 10 ownership right now, 10% ownership on DK. Uh, I will have to see how salaries shake out and how some of the best hitting teams are set up on this particular slate but if you need the savings if you need to get down to a guy at six nine uh, i could see john gray being very popular as well and probably more popular than this so that's something that might get sh that might shake out a little bit more as the day goes along here um so based on just kind of the what the ownership projections indicate it i think the most common constructions tonight are going to be rodon uh paired with one other of these i would say five names carrasco scuball ray valdez montas uh and then almost assuredly um some combination of padres and these other projected teams right so uh or one of these other you know padres stacked with giants or phillies or yankees or rockies or cardinals right one of these other high projected teams um so I, uh, I think that's probably likely to be the, the most popular construction. This is always when I like to go take a look uh, and see Vegas and how Vegas is looking at this slate to see if there's a discrepancy between Sabersim and Vegas, right? Vegas provides, or Sabersim, if there's a discrepancy between Sabersim and Vegas, um, Sabersim provides one take essentially. And I think uh, Vegas can provide a very good average projection as an, as an alternative viewpoint on these games. So um Quickly, we'll just look through here. So I think Vegas is even higher on the Padres. That uh, implied live total is all the way up to seven runs. I think they are just going to be probably spectacularly chalky on both sites. Um, and then again, we see Phillies, Rockies, Red Sox, Cardinals, uh, Dodgers. Um, there are actually a couple discrepancies here that I'm noticing right off the bat. One is that we're quite a bit under on Phillies compared to Vegas, um, almost by a full run at this point. Um Red Sox, we have a half run discrepancy here at the moment. And the, what was the other one that just jumped out? Giants, about a half run discrepancy in the opposite direction here. Um, so actually some some discrepancies with Vegas here today. And again, it's it's a little afternoon here, my time. So the slate is, is five hours away. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? There are times where um, there are situations where uh, I, I think I'll take the Sabersome side of it. But it is interesting here. Um, and it might even be worth going through and doing a team by team walkthrough here and just quickly seeing where all the discrepancies are. Um, and I'll actually take some notes here. Um, actually, because, I, because I'm seeing some discrepancies here, I'm going to take some notes. So, um, uh, what's going on here? Okay. 
Let's do this. Okay, so I'm gonna say uh, we have Giants. We have Giants plus a half run. Uh, we have Phillies, and I know you guys can't see this, but I'm just like literally just writing this down. We have my, Phillies minus one run. Um, and let's see what else we have. Uh, Yankees were under on a run, or Yankees were over a run. Um, let's see here. Keep going. And I'm mostly just looking for like big outliers where there's like maybe a situation where I think uh, a team could be very, quite a bit different here. Um, and I'm also looking for situations too. I guess one thing I should add, uh, I'm looking for situations where the team is kind of running away from us. So for example, we have, we have Philadelphia at five runs uh, and Vegas opened at five, five and then climbed to five, nine. Right. That makes me feel a little bit more nervous that maybe uh, we are, you know, we have a bias or something like that uh, in, in our model here than the Mets, for example, where uh, the Mets opened at 5-4. Uh, we have them at 4-5 and they've climbed down to 5-1. Right. They've come they've come down in our direction here. Um, so, again, uh, I don't want to eat up a ton of time here doing this particular analysis, um, but I'm going to just quickly I'm going to do a real quick scan here um, and just see if I see any other teams. That might be worth noting. It looks like we're just very under on this game overall. Um, and let's see. Any others? Any others that jump out? Uh, pretty in line on Coors here. Cool. That looks pretty good here. Um, so again, um, just wanted to get an idea of, of maybe where there might be some discrepancies. And I would not be surprised if by the time lock comes around, those end up just getting, uh, resolved, but wanted to touch on that here real quick, or I don't even want to say resolve necessarily. Um, it might not necessarily be a bad thing that we are under on the Phillies, uh, if it gets you going in a more contrarian direction, but, um, wanted to take some notes there and then let's go ahead here. Now that we have an idea of the slate. Oh, actually the last thing I want to do here is check weather. Um, so let's go ahead and check Kevin Roth's dashboard here uh, and take a look. Um, doesn't look like there's any weather concerns, um, but it looks like there is great hitting weather here um, in a lot of these games. Um, quite a few here. So um, cool. Interesting. Which is something that the SaberSim simulations do take into account. So um Anyway, let's run a research build here now uh, on this account because I had to switch accounts um, and get an idea of where we're starting to think about some ownership inefficiencies here. Um, so again, 0010, we're going to simulate this slate out 1,500 times. Take a look, see how likely certain players are to be optimal, uh, see how likely individual batters uh, and pitchers are likely to be optimal, and uh, we'll go from there. So this will take a second to run. Uh, so we'll touch on a couple questions here real quick. Uh, or comments. Ryan said, hard to have a quality basketball product when every other play is a Celtic dribbling into a double team or a pass going into the stands. Yeah, I don't know. It, I just I found um, that was a little less entertaining NBA Finals than than we've had recently. So um, Kevin said, five out of six looks cashable this week. PGA. Yeah, I bet it is. I, you know the I think last year um, the the six out of six rate for the U.S. Open was like ridiculously low. Um, like sub 3% to one, two or 3%, something like that. Um, so I am sure there will be a lot of 
five out of six cash equity. Uh, but if you're looking to take something down, I think it's still going to probably require you to have that six out of six uh, just to just to get there. So. Uh, eight game says I subscribe for the yearly Saberson package. It's great so far for NBA and MLB. Can you talk about what goes into the NASCAR or MMA Sims and projections? I'm hesitant to use Saberson for those contests. Uh, we have fantastic simulations, uh, for both NASCAR and MMA. Um, I can give you a brief overview of what goes into them, but honestly, uh, you will find way more detail on our YouTube channel. Um, we have these interview, um, videos that I've done with the, the, the folks behind the scenes building these models on our YouTube channel. Um, so this video here, Crush MMA DFS with the power of simulations. Uh, this is an interview I did with Will, one of our data scientists here. He built our MMA sims. Uh, and we talk about what went into those simulations, how they're built, the best ways to use them. Um, and then on the NASCAR front, um, right here, uh, simulations are a must to build winning NASCAR DFS lineups. This was done. This was an interview with Matt, the founder of SaberSim, uh, who had a, a significant hand in building out our NASCAR Sims, uh, talking about what goes into those as well. So I'd check out those videos first. Let me know if you have any questions following up on them, but, uh, they're pretty new. Both of these models came out this year. Uh, we put a lot of hard work into them. And, um, I think, you know, they are particularly sports where they are high variance sports with, ranges of outcomes for individual players that are very not normal. Um, I think average projections have some significant issues if you're building MMA or NASCAR DFS lineups. So I think Sims, like it doesn't even matter how good the projections are, right? It's not about the projections. Using simulations is just a huge edge for those sports. So, um, cool. Okay. Our research build is caught up here now. Um, and let's start taking a look here. So again, what I'm doing with this research build, right? I'm looking for discrepancies in the ownership projection, the percentage of lineups in a contest that will have that player in it and the exposure in this research build, which is going to approximate that player's percent likelihood of being optimal, right? Uh, anytime there's an inefficiency there, there might be an opportunity to exploit some ownership, right? So I'll typically start this on the pitching side uh, and just get familiar with what the slate is looking like here. Um, I actually think, you know, Rodon provided that he comes in at 26.3, actually looks somewhat efficiently owned. Um, this will be a very interesting number for me to continue to look at throughout the day and potentially increase. Uh, I still feel like it is unlikely that he ends up this low. Um, I, I it, Obviously, if this is actually 40%, right, then he's inefficiently owned by 20% and maybe one of my favorite slate. As it stands, if we're trusting this number... Um, I think I probably will be happy to, to just get some exposure to Rodon. Um, then we end up with basically this interesting, and let's sort by salary here instead. Um, I like to bring salary over. I think it's a little bit easier for me to see this sometimes. So let's, oh, never mind. Um, I don't like that sort over on this screen. Um, okay, we'll just go like this. That's fine. Um, so then it kind of basically looks like some of the most inefficient ownership is that chalky group of like mid-range pitchers, right? Where Montas and Ray, uh, and even Scooball to a lesser extent seems kind of inefficient, um, inefficiently owned. So I think, you know, the way that I'm looking at this here, I might be interested in playing Rodon, but pairing him with a combination of some other pitcher that I think he's unlikely to be paired with, either going further down the salary range and getting exposure to a, to a variety of different cheaper pitchers, 
or maybe potentially if there's the right lineup for some of these other pay up options uh, and I can get there, um, you know, guy like Pablo Lopez is provided. He's not on like a pitch count um, or maybe even, you know, how much, um, how much Kershaw. Okay. So probably not very interested in, in Kershaw here tonight, but um, so it seems like I mostly, I'm most, most concerned about that, like 8k range of guys that we were talking about before on the pitching side, but nobody's out of control here. Inefficiently owned. I wouldn't, I would say. Um, and that kind of makes sense because here's, here's where that out of control inefficient ownership is right. Uh, probably just running away as fast as I can from most Padres bats tonight. Uh, if these are the numbers we get 30%, 34%, 35%, uh, I'm, I, I, probably am just aggressively fading them. Um, one thing I will check on here in a situation like this uh, is occasionally see um, is what does the back of the order look like for these guys? Um, so let's go ahead. What's the best way to do this? Um, here, let's do it like this. Um, so Colorado, Colorado. Okay, so even the back of the order guys on the Padres look like they're going to be pretty highly owned, pretty highly over-owned. Uh, that can be an interesting thing to look at. Like if you have a team that's going to be really, really chalky, sometimes it's just like the one through five hitters uh, that are going to be the, the chalkiest bats in the team. And I think I might look at uh, you know playing the, the back of the order guys or trying to stack them in a unique way. But it seems like overwhelmingly, I want to run away from the Padres today uh, and just go any almost any other direction. Um, let's go ahead and look and see what else uh, we can see looking at the rest of the research build here on the hitting side. Uh, Jen said, so right now you're running a 0010 without a stacking roll. You're mostly going to look at individual pitchers and batters. Would you use that for leverage decisions on a team level? Yeah, so I I like kind of just like to look at it this way. I, I end up looking at individual hitters just because it, it makes sense to me. I can kind of interpret from what I'm seeing on the hitter level and and uh, extrapolate to the stacks from there. Um, but we can run one on the stack size as well uh, and and talk about what I see there as well. Um, so it really just depends on what works for you. There's not a wrong answer there. Um, okay, so let's look here. Let's see if there's any other teams that look like they're going to be inefficiently owned. Um, so one thing that, that pops here, so we are a run under Philly, right? We are we are under on the, on the Phillies by a run already, and we already think they're going to be inefficiently owned, right? Um, oh, actually, sorry. I'm mixing that up in my head. So we, one of the best other negative leverage plays right now we have is on the Phillies, but we are a run under on them. Uh, and that line is moving away from us. So it might be a situation where I think about maybe bumping up their team total a little bit. Um, I, I could see a situation where we're maybe just missing something about the way that, that this game should be projected at the moment. Right. This is likely again to be something that gets resolved as we get closer to lock. We're doing this five hours away from lock. But um, it seems like the reason why the research build is saying don't play Phillies is because we're we're so under on them. Um then we start getting to some of these other teams, and this is kind of what I was talking about before, where like, yes, we're getting you know negative six, negative five fantasy or percentage points of leverage here, but there's there's probably five percentage points of error here in both of these numbers. Uh, and to me, this slate just screams like how easy it is to get onto Colorado uh, or Boston or St. Louis uh, or Washington or New York instead of San Diego. Uh, it just seems like just like this is, it seems like this is kind of actually a simple slate to me. Um, we're just fading the Padres and hoping that they don't break the slate uh, and some other team gets there. 
some other combination of teams gets there seems to be the the best way to to play it. Um, one thing I want to check is see if there's any teams with positive leverage that look a little bit interesting here, or as a team I want to get on a little bit. Um, typically, I'll, I'll sort by positive leverage and just kind of start looking and seeing if there's a similar team that shows up a bunch. Um, but I'm not really seeing that here that much. And there's also not really a pitching spot that I want to directly leverage against. Um, maybe if, you know, going back to the pitchers, like if angels or Texas, uh, or Kansas city, I guess maybe Kansas city is one that jumps out here a little bit, right? We have a little bit of Kansas city batch. Not really. I don't even want to force it. Um, what I was going to say is, you know, if there was, if there was a pitcher that I wanted to fade and bats on that team look like good, positive leverage opportunities, I might think about like trying to find a little bit of exposure to that team just to kind of double fade them, right. To take that stand twofold essentially, but I'm really just not seeing that that much here. So, um, yeah, I think I've got kind of a good read on this here. Um, I think I am going, I'm good to start building. I think one thing I was just going to do here real quick is let's run one more research build and put a five stack rule in there and see if it, it shows us anything else um, per this question here. Cause I think it might be interesting here. And I, I'm interested to see what the numbers themselves actually look like here too, on the rates of, of certain stacks being optimal. So. Um. Dallas had said, thanks for the feedback. I made double 0010 for pitcher and higher correlation builds for stacks. Yeah, I think that's fine too, is, is doing two different research builds uh, and studying, you know, pitchers in one and stacks in the other. I think that's great. So Patrick said, where would you take the cut line to be after round two? Very tough course. I typically just trust, I I, I honestly just trust whatever data golf says. Uh, I think their model for cut line prediction is, is pretty sharp. Um, so I'm curious where they're at right now. I know plus four, it seems like plus four is kind of settling in. I've been hearing people saying that it, we're going to get to plus three, but I don't know. I, it, Data Golf has plus four, 70%. I feel like that that feels pretty good um, to me. But yeah, it is a tough course. So, Cool. All right, let's see what we get out of our, our stack-based research build here. See if there's anything else we learn. And then we'll actually go and, and kind of start building out some lineups. Um, okay, so I want to focus especially on the stacks here. And I think this this kind of says it all, right? Where, you, yes, there's obviously, it's obviously Padres and then a gap, right? Everything we've looked at so far says that. But they're still, they only have, and actually we can come and even look at the five stacks specifically, right? They're only 12% likely to be the optimal five stack. Right. And the next best team is 8% likely, and that's Colorado. And then we've got this big group of all of these other teams that project pretty well. Um, an interesting team I didn't really expect to see here is Texas. Um, you know, White Sox also pop up here. I mean, really, what this is saying is like, and it, this goes in line with kind of what else I was looking at here as well. Um, this says to me basically that, you know, the Padres are going to be far more popular than they deserve. And then you can almost go any other direction on this slate. Like it seems like just a good hitting slate where you can take a lot of different stances, right? You can go a lot of different ways. Um, so let's build some lineups here now. And let's say that we're building first here for a for something like the Minimax, right? Um, and say that we're going to build. So I'm going to build a 1500 pool size, right? Um, I'm going to remove my stacking rule. And otherwise, I'm going to use default settings, default correlation, default ownership, default sim precision. And we're going to take a look at this here, and we're going to apply some of what we got out of our research build and what we what we got out of our, our overview of the slate 
um, and and go from there. So, and this is what I would call I would call this one my test build, right? This this can be the final lineups I end up taking with me into my contests, uh, and may also be just you know building on default settings and seeing what I'm getting out of this. Um, I do think, you know, we'll, we'll see how the pitching exposures work out here, but based on what we learned from the research build, this this might be actually a decent opportunity to do a, a group. I don't use player groups that often, but it is coming to mind here now uh, that, again, I think that Rodon plus one of those five middle pitchers is going to be such a popular construction uh, that setting a group and basically putting those five pitchers into a group and saying no more than one might be a decent way to diversify you here uh, and just force force your exposure onto more unique combinations of pitchers. Um, so we'll see what we're getting here out of this test build, but that came to mind as, as maybe again, I don't use player groups that often in baseball. We were just talking about that yesterday actually here, but might be an interesting opportunity here to do that on this particular slate. Um, but we'll see how things are looking. And I'm going to let this build to a full 1500. I just want to have, we're looking for, for 150. So I know also yesterday on stream, we had talked a little bit about, you know, pulling some of this data down into Excel uh, and doing some analysis of research builds and, and uh, player optimal rates and things like that in Excel. Uh, I think this, what we're doing here today is just a lot more of an approachable way to get familiar with this kind of process than, than what we were talking about yesterday. Uh, so if you watch the stream off and you're interested in starting to do some of these research builds and, you know, play kind of a similar strategy to what I like to do here, um, I, I would start more with something like this than trying to, to to do what we were talking about yesterday. So right off the bat, interesting, really interesting, jamming in all of the Padres, right? Um, and this can be sometimes a sign, I think, of like, wait, am I like, am I taking the wrong approach here? Right, well, Saberson wants to jam all of these Padres bats, uh, and all of the work I just did said to fade Padres. Uh, one thing that I think can be helpful when this happens here is expand your pool out and see in this build how many Padres you're actually getting to, right? Um, and actually, that number is a lot higher than I expected. I really didn't expect to see that we would be getting to 61% jerks in Brovar. Um, so this is higher than I expected. What I actually expected to see here uh, is that this number would be quite a bit lower. Um, I am still going to try to fade Padres bats here. Um but this might be something that we would actually have to go back to step one to the projections tab and just remove them from our pool if we wanted to take this kind of stand. Uh, I'm stunned, actually, at how much exposure we're getting to them based on what we just learned in our past build. But uh, for now, I'm going to just zero them out and kind of see what I can get away with in this build because I just want to be aggressive with this, right? Everything in my research builds was showing me to get away from them there. Um, so... And then let's uh, go ahead here and look at the pitchers real quick. So uh, again, you know, this, this second tier of pitching guys um, is kind of, um, let's bring these over here. This uh, middle tier of pitchers is kind of the, the group that I'm the most scared of here. So again, Ray, Montas, uh, Valdez, Scooball, all kinds of the names that I'm a little bit concerned of. I'm fine getting exposure to Rodon, especially if I'm playing... Uh, if I'm basically completely fading Padres. So I think all I'm going to do here is maybe just make sure that I'm not well over the field on any of these pitchers uh, that I think could potentially be a little bit 
over-owned tonight. So I'm going to say 30% Montas, 30% Ray, uh, and just overall make sure that nobody else, there's a big outlier here. But that looks that looks pretty good here. Um, feeling pretty good about that. I'll also go ahead and do a quick look at my stacks. 12-game um, slate here like tonight, I probably want to play some pretty heavily correlated lineups. So I'm going to just trim a little bit of these like three, 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 twos, three, two, twos off the bottom. You can see we're only getting a couple lineups with them in it. Uh, I could have also just set a stack rule to begin with. That would have worked as well. Um, but I just want to play a more correlated group of lineup constructions tonight. So I'm going to just trim these off. Um, typically, a lot of times the stacks that I'm comfortable playing with resemble something like this on DraftKings. I'll play anything from a 5-3 to a, a about a 4-2. This is, again, a little bit of a larger slate, and I am taking a pretty big chance on my stand on the Padres to begin with. So I'm going to actually kind of bump this up a little bit more and really shoot for a, I would say, kind of an aggressively correlated group of constructions tonight. So I'm going to play five threes, five twos, four threes, and four fours, where I'm leaving at max one uncorrelated bat in my lineups. Um just because again, I'm 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 think I'm going to get so much leverage by fading here, uh, the Padres, that all I need to do is basically get the other two teams mostly just right. Right. Like, I mean, look at these ownerships, right? If it's if it's if it's Marlins and and Dodgers, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna just have so much leverage on the field with, with a lineup like this. Um okay, cool. Then the last thing I want to do is, again, uh, because I'm, I'm taking such a stand there, I want to double-check my player exposures and just make sure nothing's out of control here. Uh, I typically, in about 150 lineups on a 12-game slate like this, I probably wouldn't want any more than, like, I would say about 30% exposure to a batter, and that looks like I'm right about in line here with that. So I feel pretty good with those exposures. Uh, we'll see what teams I'm actually getting to here. Uh, a lot of familiar names. Uh, based on what we were looking at our research earlier, we're getting to Twins, uh, New York, Colorado, Texas, San Francisco. Um, interesting that Miami and KC pop up here, um, but I'm I'm fine with that. Um, so this feels pretty good for uh, a, a 150 max research build, or not a research build, um, build, right? Um, and it's an interesting slate here, right? I think the fun part about this is this is a totally different slate than what we got out of the last time we did this. Uh, I, again, I, I I think the the edge, as it were, for me tonight is really probably just taking a really aggressive stand on Padres bats uh, and being a little bit careful with pairing a really common pitching construction together. Uh, but since I'm standing so aggressive, aggressively against the Padres bats, I'm not even worried as much on the pitching side. So uh, the disclaimer here is all of this is very subject to change, obviously. Right, uh, the Sims will continue to dial in over the next four hours here as we approach lock. We did see some big discrepancies between Saber Sim and Vegas when we were talking about this just here. Now, uh, I could see some of that starting to, you know, even out a little bit throughout the day, um, potentially um, or not. But I think that the things could definitely still stand to change quite a bit. But I think that's a, a pretty good approach here. So um, I'll mention real quickly here as well. Um, you know, if you weren't building 150, right? Maybe you're doing maybe you're doing this process for a single entry, right? Um, let's talk about what that might look like here. So I might build a hundred single entry lineups here, and look at the first ten, and kind of see. You know, when I'm looking at single entry, smaller field kind of stuff, I'm not I'm not necessarily going to take as aggressive of a stand. 
Um, I'm looking for maybe one particular way to get different, uh, one particular way to vary myself compared to what I think the rest of the field is going to do. So right at the start of this, I had mentioned, right, I think the most popular constructions, I think single entry contests are going to be completely bloated with Rodon plus an AK pitcher plus a Padre stack plus one of these other stacks that are well projected, right? Probably Phillies, Rockies, uh, Cardinals, Red Sox, right? Those are probably going to be the most likely constructions. So I'm probably going to basically just say, I want to just kind of get a little bit different somewhere. The Padres are obviously that first team that jumps out. It's like, here's a good way to get different with your single entry lineup. Don't play Padres. But they are so well projected. And based on how much I was getting of them when I built my large field lineups, I don't even know how easy it is to get away um, here uh, from them completely. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But we'll let this build finish up. A couple questions here I'm seeing. Um, let's, let me look here. Um, Josh said, uh, if Phillies can go off back-to-back days as super chalk and super small slates, I'm not fading the Padres, period. Um, that's that's fine. I, this is just, I think this is basically just kind of me interpreting my, um, what, what I'm seeing here at first glance. But um, yeah, I mean, there are probably ways that you can get different here with Padres too. I think if you are playing Padres though, you probably are going to have to get pretty aggressive with their pitchers um, and that off stack to, especially in the larger field stuff. So um, Don said in your builds, do you focus more on pitchers or batters in large slates? Uh, it's an interesting question. It depends a lot on the slate. Um, I would say I'm more likely to take a stand like we just saw on a stack than on a pitcher, right? Like the Padres are the best projected team on the slate by a mile. And they still only have a 12% chance to be the, the optimal stack, right? That, that seems pretty easy to fade to me. Uh, Rodon or, uh, Rodon, as an example, right, has a looks like he's a little bit maybe going to be a little bit overowned on the pitching side, but he, he has a 25% chance to be the one of the optimal pitchers. So there's a, typically a big difference between the two of those. So I'm a little bit more likely to take a stand on my hitters than my, my pitchers. Um, Jen says, I guess it boils down to preference. Wouldn't it be better to leave at least four to five percent of Padres instead of fading them altogether? Just seems too risky to fade a team that Sabersons likes this much. Uh, yes, I mean, that is really a personal risk tolerance question, right? And that is where, you know, the research build, I think, is a very good process. The conclusions and what you choose to do with it are going to vary a lot from person to person. Um, I, when it comes down to it, I actually think, I think it will be unlikely that when I actually step through every hoop of my process tonight, that I fully fade Padre stacks like that. Um, I think I will likely be getting some exposure there. I don't know how much. Um, I think for simplicity, it's a little bit easier to just kind of say, let's fade them here, uh, for the purposes of this. But if you want to say, I'm going to match the field, right? Like, here's another option. We could have gone back to this and said, you know what, based on our, uh, based on our research build, we think that the Padres have about a 12% chance to be an optimal stack rather than just full fading them. Let's, let's cap our exposure to 10%, right? Um, Right, we're gonna match. We're gonna match the rate at approximately match the rate at which that stack is optimal in our constructions. Right, and that's perfectly fine. There's no problem with that. Right, we're still so we get a little bit of exposure there. That's perfectly fine, um, and that's gonna be a lot of personal preference. I mean, you can see, right? I mean, these can these lineups are still 
you know, I don't know if I love, I, I don't know if I love Rodon plus Montes plus a Padre stack in large field GPPs. That might be just too chalky of a construction, even if it's paired with a Miami or White Sox or uh, A's low owned sub stack here. I, I just, I'm worried about that combination of pairings there. Um, but I think that's I, that's that's going to be a lot of a personal risk tolerance question of of what is the action you take based on what you see in a research build. Um, so, um, okay, cool. So now let's look at the single entry. See if we can come up with a single entry lineup. So I'm gonna first basically the way I like to take this here, and you can see we're getting a ton of Padres, Padres, right? Um, Here's what's interesting about this, though, is uh, where where did Rodon go? So interesting angle that Sabersim seems to kind of be taking us here is basically say, you know, let's play the Chalky Padres that are projected for seven runs and almost a run and a half higher than the next best team and fade Rodon um, and, and do that. And I might just be okay with that, right? I don't hate that. Um, I, I don't hate that, actually, as an approach, right? I mentioned here when we were talking about single entry, I'm basically looking to kind of get different in one specific way. This might be enough. Now, the caveat to that, I might still want to test and see how viable is it to fade the Padres here? Like how many lineups do I have to sacrifice to fade Padres? And it might tell me just straight up that it's not even viable at all. It looks like that's what it's saying, right? Um, here, let's go back down to one lineup and see, is there one lineup in my pool of 100 single entry contests where I don't play Padres? It doesn't look like it. So that might be a good enough approach to me, right? That differentiates me a little bit, especially talking about a contest where you're trying to beat just like a thousand lineups. It might be a good approach. So, uh, Patrick said, your thoughts on playing DFS for esports? It's weird to gamble on kids playing a video game. It's not a real sport. Feels like you just want to fight. Feels like feels like feels like you're just trying to incite an argument there, coming at it like that. I, I think esports take an incredible amount of skill and dedication and and practice to play at the level that the professionals play at. Um, so, I I don't know. I, I I think saying esports are not a real sport is a bit of an outdated take. To be to be completely honest. And with that said, I think uh, esports DFS are also a lot of fun as DFS sports. Um, I haven't been playing as much League of Legends in particular, but it is a, a really high, highly correlated line, a really highly correlated um, sport that uh, just ends up being kind of fun to build lineups for and sweat. Um, where you know, I also think ownership ends up playing out really inefficiently there as well. Where you can get, you know, you may have a team that is as an impri implied probability of winning twenty percent of the time. That's like a significant underdog, but you're going to get them rostered at three percent owned or something like that, right? It's, it's really easy to get leverage in in League of Legends, um, and I think it's fun. I haven't played very much Counter Strike DFS, um, so I can't speak so much to Counter Strike. Uh, but I, I enjoyed my little stint in in League uh, DFS. So. Um, but so I'm also a bit of a, I'm kind of a gamer myself though, too. So like I've, I've played league quite a bit. Um, I play a ton of TFT. I don't know if any of you guys out there uh, play any team fight tactics. It's a kind of a sub mode within the league of legends client, but um, I'm a, I'm a pretty good TFT player. So. Um, okay, cool. Um, yeah. Don says he's done well with Saber Sim in, in league of legends and DFS. Yeah. I mean, again, I think it's, it's a sport where, you know, here, like, we can just pull this up. Um, I think people would be stunned to see how how heavily core uh, clicked on these player names in League of Legends. Uh, 
these correlations are just crazy, right? Um, like, especially for the ADCs. Or not, I guess maybe not even especially for the ADCs. It's really for every player. Um, but you pull these up, these average correlations are just super, super high. Uh, so you get this huge edge from stacking and building these building stacked lineups. Um, and maybe this doesn't really want to play nicely here for one reason or another. I might need to look into that, but um, yeah, need to take a look at that. But anyway, correlations get to like 0.7, right? It's like two, two times the correlation of a QB to his wide receiver one. So, um, but cool. All right. We are right at about an hour here today. Uh, it was another good stream. We'll go ahead and and uh, cap it off there. Uh, enjoy the slates tonight. Enjoy your weekends. Uh, interesting. Again, it will be very interesting slate here tonight. I, this is a this is a fun one. Um, where I don't think we've had one this year like this, where you've just got that one like turbo chalk team that's projected uh, head and shoulders above everybody else, uh, and seeing how people navigate that, I think is going to be a really interesting, really interesting slate dynamic here. Um, so enjoy it. Uh, I will be right back again here next week on Monday, 2 PM Eastern. Have a good weekend, everybody. Uh, in the meantime, take care, good luck, and I'll see you later. See ya.